Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. When that little bird first put her twigs inside my porch light, I was not a happy camper. And I realized that that little bird was trying to build a nest in there and I snatched those twigs right out of there. Well, she put more twigs back in there. And the next day, I snatched those twigs out of there. And the next day, she put more twigs back in there. And this time, she put grass and some feathers. And the next time I reached to snatch those twigs out of there, there was a bird in there with those twigs. That's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And that little battle went on for a couple of days, probably close to a week, with that little bird putting her twigs and grass inside my light fixture. Now, let me explain this light fixture a little bit. It's, it's like an upside down basket. It's kind of an old timey steel because we live in a barn dominium and it fits with the old rusty look. Rusty? Rustic? Yeah, they're the same. But it has this basket type shield on the bottom of it and an LED light bulb. It looks like a, an old incandescent with the little filter and it puts off that kind of a color, not the blue-white color, but it looks like an old-timey light. But it's not very warm. But the bird thought, hey, if I get close to this light bulb, I'll have some warmth and I have a nice safe place and nothing else can get in here with me except I can reach it. And every time she built that nest, I snatched them back out of there until the day that I reached to snap and I got a peck on my finger. And there have been times too that we've walked through there just to go in the house. Middle of the day, light bulb is off. Birdie is hiding in there. And when the door closes, she flies into the window because she's determined to keep us away from her nest. We later found out there were babies in that nest. We tried to pull it down and actually found there were three or four eggs in there. She laid those eggs and then she left. She didn't say to hatch them, which was really weird. We did see two different adult birds go in and out of there, but never saw the babies. Kind of bizarre. I don't think we ever touched the eggs. In fact, once we realized she was making babies in there, we very much left it alone. I think the nest is still there and it might still have some eggs in it, which is weird when you turn on the light because it casts a really weird shadow. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the world does this have to do with leadership? <laughs> Everything. Everything. Because every day as a leader, you're going to have an invitation to dive into a battle that's, well, frankly, none of your business. Every day, somebody's going to ask, well, what do you think about that? Well, what do you think about this? Well, what would you do with that? Then sometimes those are reasonable scenarios to run through in your head to ask yourself, well, I hadn't really thought of that. What, what would I do in that circumstance? What would I do if roving bands of teenagers came into my the local business, as we've seen in a lot of urban environments over the last year? 200 300 teenagers randomly stomping on people's cars, crashing out windows, smashing the front windows of big stores and stealing all their merchandise and running off for no particular reason other than eh, they wanted to. 
Oh, what would you do if they put up signs around your neighborhood that said no people of this type allowed in this neighborhood this week? Uh, stay in your homes or we will hurt you. Oh, what would you do? And sometimes you should have a plan for those things just in case. Sometimes you should be prepared for those eventualities because where you are, there's a strong possibility. What, what would you do if there was a financial collapse? I was talking to someone just this last week who said 18 months ago on the books, they had more than a million dollars worth of net worth. Right now, they're worth less than 10% of that because of changes in the market. Some of that's investments. Some of that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And that's a tough space to be in as a leader. When you've built your life around a particular thing, an industry, a business, a, a relationship, and it goes south, that gets ugly really, really fast. Now, the question that you've got to ask yourself as a leader is, is that a battle that I'm designed to fight? Is that a battle that I'm equipped to fight? Am I, am I ready to go into that battle? Have I prepared myself for that battle? I listened to a great message from a few years back. And one of the guys said, watching the movie Jackie Robinson, you know, 42, when he was called up to the major leagues to play and they said, you know, we want you to, to come in this position. We want you to, to be able to, to come out and play baseball. Uh, but he was the first man of color in the major leagues. And the coach that hired him, the owner of the team said, you know, I, I just want to know how you're going to react when they come at you with every racial slur in the world and tell you, you don't belong here. You don't have a right to be here. You shouldn't be here. You're not the right person for this job. And Jackie replied and said, don't you want a man tough enough to fight if need be? And the answer was brilliant. He said, no, I want a man who's tough enough not to fight. Wow. Think about that for a moment as a leader and all the times that people come against you. Maybe it's business, maybe it's business development, maybe it's a merger and acquisition. Maybe it's someone who's out to take your business or take your customers from you. Maybe they just badmouth you on social media. Maybe it's just unwarranted hatred. Maybe it's you said something that you strongly believe and others strongly believe otherwise, and they've decided to take the toll on you. Remember, there was a time in our world's history that just because your last name sounded like the last name of somebody who might have that particular origin, you were dead. There was a time in our history that if that were the case and you were a manufacturer, that you might find yourself without your business because it's been absconded with by the government. I think they call it expropriation. It used to be yours, but now it's not. Are you strong enough to fight or are you strong enough not to fight? Do you, do you know the battles that you must choose and the place where you have to draw the line to put your foot down and go, no, from here, it's all out war. We will bring all resources against this argument, against this injustice, against this travesty. For everything that we have, we will fight. And there are times to step aside and go, that's not my battle and it's none of my business. You know, a good example might be a, 
a parent-child relationship that's out of control in a public place, uh, do you step in or do you not? Well, maybe if there's risk or maybe if you have a solution that mom hasn't thought of and she needs help and she can show it or dad needs help and he can show it or he's about to lose control and it's showing, maybe you step in. But for the most part, getting involved in somebody else's domestic situation, there's no good leadership in that. There's nothing good to come of that. Sometimes the battles are in your own life. Many, many, many years ago, we went through a custody battle kind of a problem. And I remember asking the question, what if we do win now? If we fight hard enough, if we throw the resources at it, if we stand our ground and, and build our arguments strong, if we fight enough to win right now, what do we lose in the future? And so we drew the line and we stood our ground in certain things and we gave in other things and we gave, honestly, more than we wanted to. We compromised more than we wanted to. And in the end, we saved a relationship. Because here we are over 20 years later and that relationship is strong and intact because we took a different approach than just fighting for everything, clawing and hoping to win and hoping that the consequences would always be in our favor. See, there, there are those battles that you're going to fight for a certain employee, for a certain product to go to market, for a certain win in your territory. And when you fight those battles, you might win the battle and ultimately lose the war. In fact, understand there are times that your enemies are doing their level best to distract you to fight a battle that in, is inconsequential in the long-term war, but it is a battle that will deplete your resources. There's a strategy right now called lawfare. It's a very effective strategy. It's a strategy that distracts, that destroys, that tears down your strength, that tears down your ability to fight. It depletes your ability to fight. I remember fighting for our house when Wells Fargo decided that the house we lived in, they needed to foreclose on. We refinanced. We had not missed a payment. We refinanced so we wouldn't miss a payment. We refinanced from a 15-year note to a 30-year note with the intention of lowering our payments so that we could hold on a bit longer. And we did, and we never missed a payment. But five payments into the new arrangement, Wells Fargo foreclosed on the old arrangement. We hired an attorney. The attorney said they have nothing to stand on. There is no title deed under that old mortgage. They, they can't win this battle. But they can draw the battle out long enough because it cost them about $9.50 an hour to pay that person to put a rubber stamp on that envelope that says foreclosed and keep sending it to your house. And every month that I fight it with a cease and desist order and tell them they have no legal ground to foreclose on this house, it costs you $1,000. You're going to run out of thousands every month before they run out of $9 every hour. And we did. Depleted our savings, destroyed our credit, still lost our home. Was that the battle we were supposed to fight? I do know I prayed about it. And at one point when I prayed about it, the answer that I got was, if I want you in this house, Wells Fargo is not big enough to take it. And I want you out of this house, 
you're not you're not big enough to keep it. And so we said, okay, God, whatever your will is, we'll surrender to that. But there are going to be times in your life that the battle in front of you, it isn't yours to fight. It's none of your business. It involves you. And, and it will have consequences for you. And it will be a problem that you're going to have to deal with. But you're not supposed to be fighting it. You're supposed to be waiting. You're supposed to be watching. You're supposed to be vigilant and diligent. But not fighting. Those are hard to discern. It's hard to pick out which battle I'm supposed to fight and which battle I should step aside from. Me and that bird could have gone round and round and round and round. And there was a time that I realized that mercy says, leave the little bird alone. It's not hurting you. It's not going to start a fire. It's an LED light bulb. It's not really a problem. But it may be her last resort to have her family intact. Give her some grace. Give her some space. I could have fought harder. There were legal strategies, things I could have said, declared, and done that would have caused us to win that custody battle in an entirely different way, and yet there was more at stake to lose if the cards were played another way. And in the end, it just wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the long-term consequence for the short-term win. Let me ask you as a leader, do you find yourself in a place where you're fighting for right now's battle, for right now's win, because of your ego? Is there a chance that you're determined to win right now because it will make you feel good, make you look good? Well, those haters that you find on social media, they want to talk bad about your name or talk bad about your business. They want to trash you or someone that you care about. If you engage with them, what do you win? If you engage with them and it turns out poorly, what could you lose? See, those are questions that oftentimes we don't think about. Like the road rage moments. Those moments when you emotionally react to what's going on around you. That idiot that just keeps cutting you off in traffic. I've been there. I've been the one that unintentionally took a lane that somebody else was determined was theirs. And they decided they wanted to chase me down or follow me down for for miles. And all I can do is apologize the best way that I can through my window. I'm not going to pull over to the side of the road. But I've also had those moments where people acted an absolute fool. There was one I remember years ago that cut us off in traffic by driving down the shoulder. Everybody was honking at him, flashing their lights at him, telling him, stop doing that. They were driving down the shoulder. Finally, they got to me and I cut them off and wouldn't let them pass me on the shoulder. They went around on the other side through the shoulder and then blocked both lanes, got out of their car like they were ready to start something. Unfortunately for them, My truck was full of me and my boys and some extras. And when we opened the doors and they saw there were five of us, they got back in their car and decided to leave. Probably a wise choice for all of us. Because I don't know a road rage instance yet that ended well. That's a good example of winning a battle and losing a war. It's a good example of winning a battle. I, I was able to be the victor in this fisticuffs over a lane that is going to be there for the next 200 years and that doesn't really belong to anybody and what difference does it make in the end anyway but now you have a record Uh, now certain things in your life are no longer permissible Uh, now your family has to pay the bail money and the court costs and the legal fees 
Oh, what did you win? What did you win? Now, that's an extreme example. Hopefully, road rage is not a normal thing for most people, but unfortunately, it's more common than you want it to be. You also never know when that person who's on the other side of that road rage has already given up on life. They've already lost everything worth fighting for. And in this moment, they're looking for somebody to destroy with them. They just want to bring all the rage they have against anybody willing to engage. What do you win? What if you lose? I'm sure you've seen those battles where people get in fisticuffs and the first person draws a gun or a crowbar. And what you thought was going to be a maybe a possibly uncivil argument becomes a life-threatening event in seconds. What do you win? Or when you get into a, an argument, a tit for a tat, if you will, on social media, and you realize this individual has more followers than you and more connections than you, and they're using the kind of words that are incendiary against you, about you, and to you. And now all of a sudden there are hundreds of thousands of people on your Twitter feed destroying your business and your reputation over nothing. What do you win if you win? If you can avoid the battle, if you have the strength to say, let them say what they will, we know it's not true, move on. Let them do what they do, has no impact on us, move on. If you've got the strength of character, the strength of the relationships that you've built, and you know that your relationships can survive through this, then what? Well, then you stand your ground. You know what your lines are. You know what your core values are. You know what's important to you. You know the point where you say, at this point, I will fight back with everything that I have. Until then, I will walk away. Maybe maybe you should think about it in a leadership standpoint, kind of like the old movie Roadhouse. Remember that when he said, be nice. And what if they do this? Be nice. And But what if they do that? Be nice. And what if they do this and that, and then they do this? Be nice. Well, when do we not be nice? I'll tell you when it's time to not be nice. And when it's time to not be nice, they will know you are no longer being nice. If you have surrounded yourself with the kind of people who have the same kind of character that you do, they've established their own core values. They know where they're drawing the line, whether it's the red line in the sand or it's a, it's a hard line. When you cross this line, you've gone too far. And when you've gone too far, there will be consequences. I also want you to contrast that with the number of times that as a parent, perhaps you said, don't do that. If you do that, then I'm going to do this. And you didn't. And if you do that, then I'm going to do this. But you didn't. And those, those warnings with no consequences, they're almost as damaging as ignoring a problem. But you should choose your battles. I had a hard time with that early on as a parent. I was very strict about what clothes they wore and what shoes they wore and where they went and what they said and what they did. And I didn't always win those battles. There was a time though that I was able to say, if you want to wear a pink shoe and a green shoe, go ahead. Or your friends are probably gonna laugh at you, but hey, they're your shoes, they're your feet. 
I was also wise enough to pack an extra pink shoe and an extra green shoe. So if they did get there and get laughed at, Dad, I need my green shoe to go with the other green shoe. We got you covered. Sometimes you got to prepare not to fight with as much effort as you might prepare to fight. But my real question for you as a leader, whether it's on social media, it's in the business world, it's in your customer base or your product sales, it's in your relationships at home or your relationships on the street while you're driving. Are you ready for the battle? Are you distracted into battles that are none of your business? Are you strong enough to avoid the fight before you're strong enough to engage in the fight? Every leader is going to face battles that are none of their business. Every day they will. The question is, how do you stand and you know where to draw the line? I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.